This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 311. I think focusing on people is more important than ever because of what's happened in the last two years. You know, some research that came out recently related to why people are leaving their jobs, because we know we've heard about the great resignation that's been going on for over a year now, not really slowing down that much, even though with inflation and, and the economy, uh, you know, getting a little softer, uh, but it's still happening rapidly. And why? Why are people leaving? Well, companies think people are leaving because of money and because of uh, the stress and, and anxiety, mental health related to virtual hybrid workforce effectiveness. And, and don't be wrong, those are up there, but those aren't the top two reasons. When employees are asked why they're leaving, their top two reasons essentially were, I don't feel valued or appreciated. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Star Coach Show. It is fabulous to have you here. We have an incredible show today about leadership. Leadership is a pillar of the Star Coach Shows because I believe that we can really change the way that we engage as leaders and we engage with leaders and with organizations as coaches when we apply coaching principles when we better understand how we are engaging the challenges of leadership, the different aspects that the world today is bringing into organizations, into what leaders have to deal with, all of those things make coaching that much more important. And with that, I have a wonderful guest today that I'll introduce you to in just a moment. And we're really going to dive into what does the future of leadership look like? What are leaders facing today and how can we as coaches help them engage with that? And as leaders ourselves, how can we engage with the challenges of leadership? Before we go there, I want to, on a personal note, thank all of you who sent your condolences on the loss of my sister. I felt very embraced by this community. I am so grateful and my family is grateful and I thank you for that. I will be traveling to Michigan in the next couple of weeks to have a family celebration of life with her or for her. And I'm just, you know, I think that even in the saddest times in our lives, there are beautiful silver linings and beautiful opportunity to embrace what life is all about. So thank you for all of that. As we move into the show today, about leadership, one of the things that I wanted to share was that I have uh, the honor of being a part of a program with a very large employer here in the United States where their sales leaders are engaging in learning coaching techniques to better communicate with their sellers and therefore help their sellers better communicate with their customers. And it's just one more aspect of showing how when we really focus on our listening and the way we engage with others and 
help others better understand their communication, just how much more effective we can be in the world, how we can help people tap into what's important to them. It just really lights me up. It lights me up about coaching. And it's been such an honor to do that. I just encourage all of you to be thinking about, are you having the impact you want? And what do you need to do to do that? I absolutely love providing the Star Coach Show as a weekly resource for coaches to strengthen their skills, to build their businesses, to impact organizations. And I also invite you to take that Star Coach experience deeper by considering joining our member community. There is such power in connection and community. It's one of the key ways that I've created the business that I have today and that I help other coaches create the businesses of their dreams. Star Coach members have a place to get those pressing questions answered that are creating barriers for them in their businesses so they can move forward. Our expert guests provide valuable information with live Q&A just takes you deeper even than being able to listen to our guests on the show, but you actually get to be able to engage with them. And I will say the community social hours are one of the favorite things that the members have, being able to break through isolation, tap into the energy that comes from community. And on top of all of that, our Pearls of Wisdom Library offers hundreds of answers to questions that coaches have that get in their way in these bite-sized nuggets of gold. So I invite you to consider this. If you're an annual member, you get some amazing bonuses that really rocket your business forward. If you are really tired of trying to figure everything out yourself and you want a trusted place to connect to others and get new clarity for your business, then go to starcoachshow.com and explore membership. Starcoachshow.com, explore membership. So now let's dive into what we're going to focus on in today's show. I am so excited to introduce you to Chuck Moeller. Chuck is the founder, CEO, executive coach, and advisor at MCG Partners. It's an organization that specializes in leadership and talent optimization. It aligns business and people strategy for maximum results. He's also the author of his new best-selling book, The Rise of the Agile Leader, Can You Make the Shift? Chuck's key focus is enabling leaders to advance their next level by simplifying the complexities of modern leadership, which you will hear in today's interview. We talk about all those aspects that leaders have to bump into and how they can maximize their impact, maximize how they show up to really create a culture reflective of the organization's purpose, mission, and values. In our show today, Chuck and I just have this conversation about what is the future of leadership and how can we as coaches partner with leaders to get to where they want to be. I'm very excited to introduce you to Chuck Muller. Let's go to our interview. Chuck Miller, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm so delighted that you're joining me today. Well, thank you, Meg. It's great to be here. So you work with leaders. You've been doing that for a long time. You have a wonderful book. 
the rise of the agile leader. Can you make the shift? And we're going to talk today about the future of leadership, where leadership's at right now. We're going to talk about the characteristics of great leaders. We've got so many things we're going to talk about. Let's start first with what lights you up about the work that you do? That's always such a great question. Sometimes we're running so hard, we have to stop and think about that. I think what lights me up is really the difference I make in people's lives. It's not just about being an effective leader. It's really how it impacts how they see the world, how they think, how they manage, how they lead, but how, frankly, they show up as a person every day and includes their family, their community, and their friends. So that, that to me, is, is something that really motivates me and really jazzes me. I love that. I really believe that people want to do the best that they can do. They just don't always know how to get there. So being able to partner with people to help them get that path is just really exciting. No, it is. And and there's really kind of a lot of different types of profiles out there. There are some people that frankly just need a person to reinforce what they're doing and maybe offer them some different perspectives and lenses and kind of lead them down a path. And there's some people that frankly need to go through a little bit of a transformation or a you know, recalibration. So there's all kinds of, of profiles out there in terms of what they're looking for, they need. So let's take that as a segue into what do you see as the future of leadership? Well, I, I wrote a book about that uh, a little bit, but I think the future of leadership is very complex. We're kind of living it right now. It, it really kind of started a few years ago before COVID and COVID just really accelerated that, Meg. So what does that look like? I think it's a number of things. It's the ability to be more transparent and more interactive with multiple generations, with connecting with people on a more personal level than ever before. So we really crossed a kind of a new paradigm where it used to be sort of, you know, don't cross that line in terms of getting to know people beyond a certain point. And now it's really your ability as a manager or leader really connect with people, really understand uh, them as people and what's going on in their lives, what's going on in terms of their challenges and issues. And, and it's, so it's a whole new level of relationship, a whole new level of trust, a whole new level of care. This whole notion of, that's been pretty, uh, I wouldn't say brand new, but like joy, you know, we, we've been through such a, through so much the last couple of years. How do you create joy in people's lives at work? And how do, how does that transform people looking at it beyond just a job? I'm not suggesting that's going to replace their personal lives or their other interests in life, but if you're trying to retain people, if you're trying to develop people, there's got to be that connection. There's got to be sort of this notion, I'm really having fun. doesn't mean we're going to always love everything we do about, about, our, right. about our work. Uh, I don't think any job has that, frankly, maybe except for retirement. That's not really a job. Uh, but so I think this whole notion of creating joy, creating a sense of community, that's really kind of new concept in leadership. Something that's been trending for quite some time is this whole notion how to really manage a more flat organization, empowering your people for decision-making, this whole concept of facilitating you know, versus more traditional command and control. Right. So leaders as facilitators is really something that's becoming stronger, more needed than ever. You know, le- leaders need to continue to, to set vision and strategy and mission and purpose. They need to continue to inspire and motivate. Those are, are not necessarily new, but the complexities of virtual and hybrid workforce, it's not going away. Yes, there's plenty of CEOs out there that want to be more in office. They're going to continue to push that. And for a lot of really obvious and important reasons, like creating culture and team. But leaders today, the future leader is how do you create culture and team and unity and alignment when you have such a complex virtual hybrid workforce, right? That's not easy. Uh, DEI, at least especially in the United States, you know, so either whether you're national or global, 
But in the U.S., especially, this whole focus on diversity and inclusion, you know, how do you create that right environment? How do you create an environment where when you're creating a, an inclusive environment, but also an environment where you can have healthy conflict? Because we've become so conflict diverse because of the, you know, the issues and challenges of people feeling, well, I don't want to have a different opinion in case they get shut down, right? So there's been other social uh, aspects in society that have really impacted whether or not people feel comfortable, have a dissenting view or disagree. Right. They don't want to get, you know, not only isolated, but frankly, you know, kicked out and lose their job or not feel valued. So it's just more complex than ever. The multiple generations, as already mentioned, is a huge issue. You've got a younger generation, the more than ever are independent. They like virtual. They want to live through technology. Their definition of what team is is very, very different than the older generations. So it's just very, very different. You know, the, the workforce is more diverse in every sense of the word. So it's just more complex. Now, the other thing that's really, there's many other facets that are really critical. So for example, the intensity of change. Things are changing at, at such a macro, micro level faster than we've ever seen. And that's change of innovation, change of strategy, change of competition, change of consumer and customers' needs and demands and interests. So you know, the cycle of innovation is getting shorter, excuse me. The intensity of change on a constant basis is getting faster and more intense than ever. These, so it just makes the world and, and how you manage your business and your organization and which direction you're heading in you know, harder. And, and you have to be able to pivot faster. I talk about being an agile leader. And we're talking about many of those attributes. We're also talking about your ability to pivot, your ability to, to shift quickly, your ability to you know, move and, and be mobile and have an organization that's flexible and mobile and that can move quickly. Uh, that means like some of the traditional checks and balances and controls that you have as an organization, how you make decisions need to be re-looked at. And it gets harder the bigger you get, right? So there's so many uh, challenges and opportunities when it comes to the future leadership. I'll stop there, but there, there's more. Well, I'll mention one, one last one thing that's really critical. One more and I'll stop. So going back to innovation, it, it, and it's about culture. How do you actually create culture? What does that really look like? What are the tools and processes and strategies to create culture? It's specifically about one specific thing in addition to that, and that's around creating a safe work environment. And what I mean by that is you cannot be innovative. You cannot qu- challenge the status quo. You cannot think about the future if you don't create an environment where people feel comfortable doing that and being comfortable with failure. One of the biggest challenges today is because the need for innovation, you have to learn how to fail. You know, you, you, If you don't fail, you can't innovate. And there's a complete disconnect because of the pressures CEOs are facing from investors, Wall Street, and the the demands of short-term business results. But you have to create an environment where it's okay to fail. It's okay to make a mistake if you really want innovation, if you really want a quote-unquote a safe work environment. So anyway, there's more, but that's a pretty good start. That's a great start. And one of the things that came really clear to me as you were talking is the vulnerability that is engaged in that, when you've got to be open to what people are bringing forward. And I think about like my dad's leadership. My dad was an awesome leader and he was an awesome dad, but the things that I saw him engaging with, I think it's very different than what's expected from leaders now, or my father-in-law, who was a longtime leader at General Motors. I think that so much more of the, even as he engages in conversation with me about what I do as a leadership coach and as an executive coach, he's like, 
you know, those are things that we really were worried about back in the day or whatever. And so this concept of knowing people and what people are bringing forward and these different generational needs. And so I would think that the leader needs to bring all these different characteristics forward to step in that place of not knowing and vulnerability at times and all the moving pieces that you were talking about. So as we settle into what are the characteristics that a really strong leader brings forward? You talk about six different characteristics. And in your book and also in our discussion, you said that really starts with self-awareness. So what is the importance of self-awareness? Yeah, self-awareness is talked about a lot, but sometimes people have a, I think, a challenge at times sort of, you know, dissecting or integrating. What does that really mean for me? Um a lot of people are actually very self-aware on some levels, but self-awareness has a couple of different components. One is really about, you know, what are the experiences that really shaped and formed you? And there's a lot of really great stuff out there in the marketplace around being authentic and being an authentic leader and then methodology actually built around that. But essentially, it's do you really understand the experiences that shaped you, some very positive experiences, life-changing experiences, but some real challenges, some real heartbreaks, some real failures or something that was, uh, frankly, really impactful in your life that really kind of not only impacted you in a certain way, but in a lot of ways, probably transformed you in ways you didn't even realize. And understanding how those experiences shape you, but also how they influence you and how you react to things, how you respond, how you make decisions, how you interact with certain people, or and again, going back to a situation. So experiences and, and their impact on you is one type of awareness. Another awareness is, frankly, which is often talked about in corporate America now, at least the last 10 or so years, is kind of your personality. You know, what are your strengths? What really motivates and drives you? What are those characteristics? And how does that translate into what kind of leader you are, right? How do you make decisions? How you communicate? How you uh, delegate or don't delegate? How much are you into details and structure and process or not? You know, are you really focused on relationships? Are you really more focused on analysis and processing and being creative? Are you more naturally a kind of top-down person uh, versus more of a collaborator? So there's so many characteristics that are measurable, you know, how we deal with change, how we deal with risk that are really important, how we deal with conflict, as I was talking about a little earlier. These are all measurable behaviors. So understanding that about you, but not just about you, understanding about the people around you, your key stakeholders, the people in your life. Do you truly understand who they are, their strengths, what motivates and drives them, how they show up and how they respond under pressure and stress. So be more in tune with the behavioral side of yourself and others so you can actually be more situationally effective. You know, there's a school of thought that says, well, I, I am who I am. I, you know, why am I going to change that? And, and you know, frankly, this one of the secret sauces of being effective as a leader is really being able to be more situationally effective, to understand what motivates and drives that person or your audience so you can connect with them, you can influence them, you can build trust and a strong relationship. So yes, you want to be true to yourself, you want to be authentic, you want to be transparent, but you can also make adjustments to be effective. And, and understanding that and having that awareness um, is really, really critical. So good. I'm curious, as you work with leaders, what are some of the things that you do to help them tap more into all those things that you just talked about, their self-awareness, who they are? What are their sweet spots? I know we didn't really talk about that we we're going to go down this path, but anything in particular <laughs> that you do that is particularly effective with that? 
Well, the experience aspect is there's a set of questions and a set of reflections and exercises that gets a person to really take a step back and be reflective and really talk through those experiences and how they impacted them and why. So that there's a series of questions and exercises and discussions that really can provide a framework for that. On the behavioral side, you know, using a very good, valid behavioral assessment would be, you know, my recommendation. We happen to use a, a tool that we're a huge fan of called the Predictive Index or PI, or, you know, to be transparent, we're, we're a, a global, you know, certified partner firm in that. And I, I made a decision when I started my firm 15 years ago to see what assessment to use. And that's where we landed for a lot of really, really good and important reasons. And the other is th- this question about asking for feedback. Most people are really terrible at it. You know, one tool that most people are familiar with is the 360 assessment, right? Where you fill out an online form, your key stakeholders provide feedback and ratings in terms of your, your leadership capability. Um, and they can be customized and tailored depending on your organization. And, and it's a confidential report that gets put together and you get a copy of. And that, that can be tough at times, not understanding how to interpret that. And no one's great at getting hard feedback, but it's a safe way for people to provide feedback they may not be comfortable doing you know, face-to-face. However, I would still argue the, the most important tool in terms of that is, is getting better at asking people for input and feedback and doing that in a way where people know specifically what you're trying to do and what, what you're trying to do to get better as, as a leader. And you mentioned vulnerability, and that's really one aspect of vulnerability is being able to say, look, even as my role, whatever that may be, CEO, all the way down to first level manager, when you're managing people, the fact you're asking them for input, you're asking them for feedback. You're saying there's something I'm working on as a leader. I'm trying to get better at as a manager. It's a powerful message. And you're letting them know that actually I care about your opinion. I care about what you have to say. And then demonstrating you're going to do something with it, which is the really last most important point of that. So, and not getting defensive, just listening. Because the moment you get defensive, the moment you start pushing back at the feedback, you're not going to get that feedback again from that person, right? So there's a lot of really important things you have to do when you're asking for feedback. But feedback is still... To me, it's it's the best tool you have as a manager and a leader to be to not only improve self-awareness, but frankly, as part of your development strategy. Love that. Okay. So you did a okay. great job around self-awareness. What's the <laughs> second thing we're going to talk about? Well, I think we were talking about in general, you know, again, going back to what what leaders need to be focused on to be successful. Right. I think asking for feedback to me is also really, really critical. Your ability to really frankly be decisive. I think a lot of leaders struggle today with making decisions. As we've talked about earlier, it's so complicated right now, complex in terms of your organization, retention, culture, getting results, staying on top of your strategy. I mean, you know, strategy today is, is so different than it was the last five, 10 years. You know, the moment you put together a strategic plan, it's pretty much outdated. You know, how do you how do you stay focused on being externally focused? A lot of leaders today are too internally focused. They're not spending time where they need to in terms of their day-to-day. They're too caught in the day-to-day. They're too caught up in the weeds, too involved in putting out fires. So pushing decisions uh, into your organization, including with individual contributors, you know, going back to sort of a flatter, more flexible organization that can be adaptable, that's making decisions at the right levels so that you as a leader are spending time where you need to be, which is, yes, manage your organization, managing it at, at that strategic level, developing your people, identifying who your top talent are, making sure that you've got a strategy, how you're going to develop them uh, is really also critical. 
But also, frankly, are you focusing on the market? You know, what's the future? What are your customers need? Are you talking to your customers? Are you talking about they like what they don't like? Do they have any recommendations and ideas? Uh, what's your competition doing? What's going to transform, disrupt your industry in the next one to three years? And for those of you who think it's not going to happen, guess what? It's going to happen. It happens everywhere. You know, don't be right. a blockbuster. Don't be plenty of uh, skeletons that are out there in, in corporate in a world that thought, you know, they were innovative and they were. They were innovative maybe for five, 10 years or less now, and they're gone. So you have to, as a leader today, you've got to really be focusing on where you spend your time. So I get this vision as you're talking about all these balls in the air and just trying to give the right attention to the right ball at the right time. And it's challenging to be a leader these days. You had talked about something early on that spoke to my heart because my history is a psychotherapist. And the reason why I transitioned into executive coaching was the people that kept coming to my therapy practice that were absolutely not just overwhelmed, but really dispirited and broken down by their workplace. And the human element of the culture of work just felt like it was ripping people apart. And I really believed we could be better. And I think that there's a real focus to be better. But as, as you think about a leader and really engaging with a team in such a way to, to be collaborative and help their people be the best they can be, what's your whole thought about the people aspect of, of leading? Yeah, we touched upon that briefly in terms of this whole new paradigm where you really have to get to know people on a much more personal level. But it go, it ties back to something I said a second ago, which is where are you spending your time? You know, it's, too many leaders, you know, if anything, they need to take a step back and say, are they blocking time on their calendar for self-reflection, for self-development, for being more strategic? You know, to, they're too busy, as I said, involved in the day-to-day. But not spending enough time, again, because of the virtual and hybrid challenges of having ad hoc conversations, getting to know their people, understanding who they are, what they're worried about, what does success look like for them? You know, what are their interests? What are their motivations in terms of what they want to do, not just in terms of life, but their careers? So yes, I think focusing on people is more important than ever because of what's happened in the last two years. You know, some research that came out recently related to why people are leaving their jobs. Because we know we've heard about the great resignation that's been going on for over a year now, not really slowing down that much, even though with inflation and the economy uh, you know, getting a little softer, uh, but it's still happening rapidly. And why? Why are people leaving? Well, companies think people are leaving because of money um, and because of uh, the stress and, and anxiety, mental health related to virtual hybrid workforce effectiveness. And, and don't be wrong, those are up there, but those aren't the top two reasons. When employees are asked why they're leaving, their top two reasons essentially were, I don't feel valued or appreciated. So th- there's a little disconnect between you know, employees and how they feel and what companies are doing. So again, how do you appreciate and demonstrate value? It's about connection. It's about relationships. It's about making time and pausing by recognizing you know, people individually in group settings. How much am I really... Uh, you know, am I, am I in, in Zoom or Teams or whatever your video tool may be, back to back all day? Am I just having conversations? But hey, how are you doing? Uh, what do you need? I had one leader recently who has a certain approach in terms of trying to address a problem with a, a very another senior executive that works for them, but it wasn't working. This person was getting stressed out. So, are you able to shift your approach 
to figure out how to address and solve the problem with this person in terms of how they help them be successful. So again, I think as leaders, and you said it earlier, it's very complex. It's harder than ever. You have to really be motivated to really help people and be successful. You know, one metaphor I like to use often is, and people maybe relate to this, excuse me or not, which is, you know, when you when you first get into a serious relationship, which could also be marriage or, or just having a, a, a strong partner, you shift from being the center of your universe now sharing that universe with another person. Now, for those of you who have, whether it's pets or children, I'm not trying to compare, but some people, their pets are their children, as we know, okay, uh, or having children. The, the big shift is now they're the center of the universe. You know, you no longer are the center of your own universe. Becoming a leader is very similar. You know, in your, most of your career, you're the center of the universe. It's about you becoming successful. It's about how you are trying to be visible and demonstrating your expertise and demonstrating your results. And we sometimes forget that as a leader, it's no longer about you. It's about your people. What are you doing to help them with their, their aspirations, their dreams? What are you helping them to develop their skills, their careers? How are you demonstrating their successes? So that's a very big shift. And it kind of ties into your question about people, the people side of, of leading and managing. I really like that. I like that because one of the things that I have consistently seen in the past 13 years that I've been doing this work instead of my therapy work is that relationship patterns continue in the workplace. And many, many of them kind of duplicate family patterns. I have always thought that that dynamic of the uh, systems that we operate in, we just sort of shift those into the workplace. And, and I don't think people are always aware of how many of their family system patterns they bring in and sort of assign to the people around them. And yet understanding, you know, we're all human beings working with one another with our own unique needs and dysfunctions and all the, the, the different elements that, that go along. So such good information you're sharing. Where do we still need to go, Chuck, about this concept of today's leaders and the characteristics that they bring forward to really be effective. Yeah. So uh, the metaphor I would like to use is the surfer. And I don't surf, by the way. But if you visualize a surfer, and I like to visualize, so visualization is really important. So you visualize a surfer, right? And you, we know the ocean at any given moment, any given day can change and shift, right? The waves, the intensity of the waves, a storm brewing, but the objective of a surfer is to create stability on their on their surfboard. As a leader, it's kind of similar, right? You know, there's always going to be chaos, a storm brewing, a shift in the wave, a shift of temperature. The point is your environment's always going to have these attributes, but how do you create stability for your organization, for your people? And that's that to me is what, and for yourself, frankly, you got to start with you. And I always talk about self-acceptance versus self-development, right? The two, I call it the two-sided coin. And so you have to accept yourself. You got to be comfortable in your own skin. Yes, you're never going to love and like everything about yourself, but you've got to be able to do that. And by doing that and focusing on yourself and your development, your capability, that's how you can help others around you be successful. But creating this stability in a world of chaos, to me, is going to be one of the most important attributes moving for leaders. And kind of understanding what that means for themselves and for their people. So I think that's going to be a real, a, a bigger future focus. Going back to culture, I think culture continues to be a really hot button. I've talked to so many CEOs, not just myself, my firm. I have a big team of people at MCG Partners, and we do a lot of work, not only in leadership development and management training, but also around organization. 
effectiveness. And culture is really hot right now in the sense of that, again, with the instability of, of hybrid and virtual and shifts of business strategies, how do we either change or retain our culture and why people want to be here and why people want to be excited to be part of our organization? So, and that's sort of the connection between your external brand and your internal brand. So I think those are two things that we're going to see a lot more of and, and hear a lot more about in the near, near future. Excellent. As we, I cannot believe how fast our time together has gone, <laughs> but when, um, let's take off, well, not necessarily take off the leadership hat for a second, but let's add mm-hmm. a coaching hat to that for a second. To an audience of coaches, any particular words of wisdom or advice that you would have for engaging with these leaders that have so many balls in the air, that have so many different perspectives they're trying to to keep up with and and to show up as their best. Any words of wisdom for the coaches that might partner with them? Yeah, I I would suggest two things. Get your clients to slow down. You've got to get them to to slow down and build slowing down. And it's hard because trust me, I run 200 miles an hour as well, but you've got to get people to slow down. You got to get people to pause. You got to get people to reflect. Create, oh, I said this earlier, get, create time on your calendar for self-reflection, self-development, and to think more strategically. Those are the key three things. That's one thing that I would advise. The other thing would be to get leaders to really visualize what do they want their future to look like? You know, what, How do they envision themselves as a leader? What are, what are their aspirations as a leader? So yes, it's not just about providing them great questions and guiding them down a certain path. But you know, you got to get these leaders and executives to really think about what what do they aspire to be? And what how do they envision themselves as a leader? What does that look like? And that could that's an open-ended question. That could be about level. It could be it should be about also characteristics. You know, so I, I think those are two things that I think I would really focus on. And there's a lot of leaders out there that require sometimes what I call very non-traditional coaching, which is what are their sort of knowledge gaps or skill gaps are missing in their toolbox, which really is not traditional coaching. I but think that's needed. not change. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So if people want to learn more about you and the work that you do, what's a great way to, to either follow you or connect with you? Sure. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. It's just under my name. Uh, I go actually by Chuck and Charlie. I grew up as a Charlie, but I became Chuck in college. So if people are confused and saying, why do you have two names in your profile? Well, one sort of a homage to my name I grew up with and versus the name I've had since college. So you can find me uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also find me on my website. So I have my company website, which is uh, mcgpartners.com. And then my individual site is really based on the book I wrote, which is uh, chuckmoller.com. And that's M-O-L-L-O-R. And we'll have links for all of that in the show notes. Chuck, thank you so much for bringing your expertise to us. It was so, well, it was just like, the more you talked, the more I felt for the leaders that we all work with. <laughs> it's a challenging time. I mean, you really have to truly love and be motivated to be a leader today. It's as challenging, as complex as we've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks, Meg. Really appreciate it. Such useful information about engaging with leaders. I want to thank Chuck Moeller for bringing his expertise to the show. If you want to know more about Chuck and his book and the work that he does, go to starcoachshow.com slash 311. 
starcoachshow.com forward slash 311 and explore all the information about Chuck in the show notes. You can also grab a link in the show notes to explore the Star Coach member community where my conversation with Chuck continues in his bonus question. Next week, I'm going to revisit that show that I was planning on doing when my family emergency arose. And so I didn't get to talk about the evolution of coaching and your evolution as a coach. That's what I'm going to bring forward next week. I'm excited to get back to that topic with you. And as always, if you are enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen. That's how people find the show. The more coaches that can find the show, the more they can learn from the experts and what they're bringing forward and bring their coaching into the world. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.